0: Let the vain world I applaud or frown Still may I heaven's path pursue Hello, I'm Kirsty Burkett. I'm Theological Consultant for Church Society. I've been asked to speak about ethical issues facing Anglicans today, If you took a worldwide survey of Anglicans about what were the most important ethical issues facing them today, I imagine you'd get a whole range of answers. They might include issues of sexuality, or of defining marriage, or bioethical issues about the beginning and ending of life. Some might reply with issues of poverty or social deprivation, or caring for the sick or well, people might say the big problems are issues of abuse of power. Some would say the big problem is lack of unity, exacerbated by lack of listening, overly heated responses and intemperate answers. Some might point to the use of social media and the way it seems to encourage discord. Perhaps people would say the biggest problem is lack of leadership or failure to love. I'm going to take a step back and ask, what is Christian ethics anyway? At its most basic level, how a Christian lives depends upon listening to God and doing what he says. The doing will always be difficult. We are all sinful people. We all have a bias towards going our own way instead of God's. At any time in history, you could say, that the biggest ethical problem facing any church is lack of obedience to God, and that will manifest itself in a million big or small ways all the time. But we don't despair, for we have the Spirit and we know God is working to build his church. We can always encourage each other to greater obedience, and I see that happening in all camps of the church. Although there are many Anglicans with whom I would disagree, I don't think there are any who would say we don't want to be obedient to God. Rather, everyone wants to be obedient to God, but there are major disagreements over what God wants us to do. So how do we find out what God wants us to do? We need to listen to what he's saying to find out what he wants. Again, I don't think there's much disagreement over this in principle. There's a great deal of talk about listening to God. People want to hear his voice. People make all sorts of claims about what God is saying. No one seems to be saying that God is silent or that we don't want to hear him or that we can't hear him. Everyone thinks that God communicates with us and everyone wants to listen to him, to encourage others to listen to him to discern his will, to hear his voice. In principle, I think pretty much everyone is agreed upon that. No, the biggest problem we face at the moment, it seems to me, is confusion over where to hear that voice. Just where does God speak? And how do we listen? The Bible says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. That's from Hebrews chapter 1. God speaks in his word. It used to come through the prophets at many times over the years and in various ways, and we have the faithful record of this speech in our Old Testament. In these last days, he has spoken through his Son, whose teaching was faithfully taught by his apostles as the Spirit led them into all truth. That teaching written is where we hear God's word. As the Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy 3 verse 14, he wrote down his instructions so that we might know how we ought to conduct ourselves. These are the things that are to be taught and commanded, 1 Timothy 4.11 says. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us. This is where we hear God's voice and where he tells us what he would have us do. That is how we know what good works are, what our ethical responses should be to all the situations that confront us. That is what the Bible says, and that is what Anglicans are supposed to believe. Archbishop Cranmer, in his homily, a fruitful excitation to the reading of Holy Scripture in the first book of homilies, said that we find in Scripture what we ought to do and what to eschew, what to believe, what to love. The famous collect for the second Sunday in Advent emphasizes this when it says, Blessed Lord, who hast caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them. Lambeth Resolution 1 of 1958 affirms, that the Bible discloses the truths about the relation of God and man, which are the key to the world's predicament, and is therefore deeply relevant to the modern world. And Resolution 3 of that year also affirms that the role of the Church is to be the guardian and interpreter of Holy Scripture, and that it may teach nothing as necessary for eternal salvation but what may be concluded and proved by the Scripture. Yet that's very different from what a lot of Anglicans, especially in the Western world, are now saying. One Church of England priest and academic said recently, When it, that is scripture, speaks, we must listen, but need not agree. Theology is wondering about how God works in the world, one prominent Anglican working group proclaims, and God is where you find goodness. We are told on one official website that prayer is giving our attention to God in a two-way spiritual relationship where we talk to God and also listen to him. Another says we're getting on our knees to pray and listen to what God has in store. So lots of encouragement to listen to God, discern his will, follow his call. But people are listening in all the wrong places. They look at scripture but not to listen to his voice merely to note their own reactions and perhaps discard or change what Scripture says. They listen to God in the world or in whatever they decide is good. They listen to God in total silence when no one is speaking. Much is made of the Anglican tradition of listening to Scripture, reason, and experience, and Richard Hooker is cited as the main authority in this, but Hooker himself said, be it in matter of the one kind or of the other, what Scripture doth plainly deliver to that the first place, both of credit and obedience, is due. That's from the laws of ecclesiastical polity. Scripture and Anglican doctrine is very clear on where we hear the voice of God. We hear it in his word written, in the Bible in the writings inspired by the Holy Spirit and written to teach us. That is where we find out what our ethics are. That is where we find out what the right moral thing to do is. And we need to listen even to the parts of the word that make us uncomfortable, even seem outrageous. In fact, if a part of scripture strikes us as if it can't be right, That is especially the time we must pay attention to the Word for it corrects and rebukes us. We listen to others only to the extent that they are saying what is in accord with Scripture. God's Word challenges every culture. It challenged the culture of the first century when it was first taught and written down. And it challenges the culture of today. God is above any culture. He is sovereign over it. He never promised that he will speak through it. We must understand our cultures to know how to apply God's word to it. But it is the word, that uncomfortable, challenging, awkward word that is the standard of God's love and compassion. He speaks and we must listen. We must follow the teachings of Christ And in doing so, we can live out his love. That is true Christian ethics.